This is the What Matters Most podcast. A 100% listener-supported program. And now, here is your host, Paul Samuel Dolman. Welcome back to What Matters Most, our continuing series on the coronavirus. And what an honor to welcome back again the great Arun Gandhi, one of the great advocates for peace and wisdom keepers in the world. Thanks for coming back on, my brother. Oh, thank you very much for having me on the show. First, before we get into it, where are you in the world and how are you doing? I'm in New York State and I'm doing well. I've isolated myself completely, almost completely. And uh, so far, I'm doing well. What are your thoughts right now on the coronavirus as it unfolds as a pandemic here and around the world? Yes, well, I see this virus as maybe a a wake-up call for all of us around the world to take stock of where we are going and what we are doing and how we are destroying ecology, environment, and our humanity. You know, progress, to me, progress means uh, we become better and better human beings, improve our relationships with each other, and stop this hate and prejudice and, and all that. That is real progress. Unfortunately, today we measure, measure progress only in material terms. Because we are rich, we are uh, pr- uh, civilized and and. Uh, and we have, you know, everything, all the power in the world. Materialism and morality have an inverse relationship. When we become too materialistic, we uh, sacrifice morality. I feel that we have to find a balance between the two, live in that balance. And if we live in that balance, then we will be able to resolve the problems that affect the rest of the world, because our security and stability uh, is linked to the security and stability of the whole world. I mean, we can't, we, however powerful we may be and however rich we may be and however strong our army may be, we will not be able to preserve this part of the world if the rest of the world is going down the tube. So we have to be cognizant of that and we have to do whatever we can, all of us, to uh, to help the rest of the world catch up and, and enjoy a better standard of living. And that we don't do. You know, we throw crumbs at the, uh, the people there and, and we don't care whether they use those crumbs properly or, you know, waste it or, or somebody fills their pocket with it. That's not our concern. We just think that we did our good deed for the day and we sit back and relax. We have to become more conscious and we have to become more committed to uh, making a difference in this world. So that I see as our uh, wake-up call. You know, now, even now in the midst of this whole crisis, the president is talking about opening the industries again and, and uh, you know, even at the sacrifice of human lives, um, all, that, all that matters is that the stock market should go up and everybody should make uh, a lot of money. 
You know, as grotesque as him saying that was, I feel like our systems have always been profit over people first. You know, they always care more about money and the gods of capitalism and commerce than human life. It's just now it's completely out of control and off the rails. Right. We've gotten so materialistic that it's all about making money and making profits and getting rich. And even now, you see, uh, I mean, the simple thing, uh, he has in uh, the president has invoked the uh, military powers and which should give him the ability to uh, control the uh, industries and make sure that they are producing enough masks and uh, ventilators and whatever is needed at this moment. But he has left it as uh, in the open market. Uh, and so what is happening is these manufacturers are minting money. They're uh, selling it to the highest bidder. Our money, our tax money is being used to pay for all this uh, expensive things. Now, the other day, the uh, governor of New York State said, that the face masks that he used to buy for less than a dollar earlier now cost him more than eight and nine dollars because it's in the open market and anybody who bids the highest gets the mask. So where does all that money go? And why should it go into the pockets of those rich manufacturers? This is our tax money. And nobody seems to be concerned about that. Isn't capitalism, the way it's currently practiced in this country and the way we embrace it and the way the laws are set up, diametrically opposed to human well-being and a thriving democracy? Yeah. Yeah, well, I call what we really need to have is compassionate capitalism. What we have right now is greedy capitalism, where a few people who have the means they exploit the rest of the country and the world and and uh, make money. And so CEOs have these seven-figure bonuses and salaries and share market owners earn money for doing nothing except investing. And the workers don't get much. The people don't benefit so much from it. But, you know, there's just there's 1% that makes all that money and lives lavishly while the rest of the 99% of the people slog it out every day. Arun, are you surprised at how docile people are that they don't just rise up with the pitchforks, storm the barricades, hang and kill the rich, hang these corporate titans out to dry? Here their kids are dying, they don't have health care, they're burying grandma, they work two or three jobs, and yet they're so passive. Yeah, well, some people do it because they have uh, no other means. I mean, they I mean, they have no recourse to anything, so they have to do it. And but largely, what is what has happened is that we have possessions, even if they are small possessions. We have possessions, and we want to protect it. We don't want the possessions to be taken away or, or destroyed. And and so they they have us caught in that trap, and and uh, we won't think of a violent revolution or 
or any revolution because we are afraid of losing our jobs. We are afraid of losing our possessions. So, you know, this was discovered in South Africa during the apartheid years. In the beginning, in the beginning when the white government uh, were determined to subjugate the black people, they had repressive laws and they kept the black people in poverty and destitution and oppressed them. And they found that the people, you know, revolted. Uh, they were, I mean, they, they had violent uh, reactions to it. And then somebody discovered this fact that the reason why these people are fighting violently and, and getting involved in a violent revolution is because they have nothing to lose. They don't have anything. So then the policy changed and they allowed the people to buy land and build houses and so on. And once they had the land and the houses, the, their participation in a bloody revolution stopped because then they wanted to protect their houses and, and land. So that's the human theory that uh, as long as we have all these possessions and, and uh, land and, and other things, we are afraid of doing anything that would jeopardize that. Allow the homeless man his one tin cup to beg, and now suddenly he has attachments and he's less likely to give his life up for freedom and justice. Yeah. We have to create a new normal now. And instead of going backwards or back to normal or the so-called good old days or make it great again, which it never was, instead of back to normal, how about forward to something much better? Well, what about that? What if we created something more beautiful that's inclusive? Is there a morsel of your grandfather, the Mahatma's wisdom, that would help us create that new normal that would be better for the whole rather than the few? Well, I think one sentence, if I put it in one sentence, is we have to live simply so that others can simply live. Simply take what you need and leave the rest. Yeah. He touched on that also in his Seven Deadly Sins and like things like politics without ethics. Arun, you have been around a long time. You've seen a lot of humanity. Do you feel like we will ever learn? Will we ever get it? We will. I mean... <laughs> I'm sorry to put you on the spot. Horrible question. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you get into uh, that kind of pessimism and you feel that it's impossible. But uh, I think that if we instill this in children and uh, if we really live it and make a difference, we can make a difference there. It's a question of that kind of somebody has to take the initiative and, you know, lead the way. Yes, yes. And what would you teach our children? Well, many things. You know, we, uh, unfortunately, in this uh, materialistic world, our education system is messed up, too, according to me. Our education system is so geared towards creating workers for the industries. We need so many engineers. We need so many scientists. We need so many this. We produce them. So the whole education system is is, produ uh, is geared towards that. We don't teach anything about human relationships, about human beings, about 
human character and, and so on. And, and that aspect of it is totally neglected. Earlier, that used to be taught in the families by the parents. But now families are breaking up. And, uh, you know, uh, there's always a turmoil in the family, uh, new parents and, uh, you know, all that kind of thing. And so they don't learn anything from at home. And the schools have no time to teach that. And so the, the generations that are coming up, they lack that humanity and that human, you know, connection. Uh, and that that is sad. So I would try to revamp, and I would, you know, one of the things I keep talking about is a simple thing like anger. We we neglect that. We don't talk about it. We don't teach it. We just allow everybody to find their own ways of dealing with anger. And the result is that all of us end up abusing anger. And that causes all the violence in the world. Uh, Harvard University recently did a study and they found that almost 85% of the violence that is generated in our lives or in the lives of our nations is uh, generated by anger. We get angry and we lose it and and uh, declare war or, uh, you know, we fight and... and that doesn't resolve anything. It just creates more violence. So, like my grandfather said, the anger is like electricity. It's useful and powerful only if we use it intelligently, but it can be deadly and destructive if we abuse it. So just as we channel electrical energy intelligently and bring it into our lives and use it for the good of humanity, we must learn to channel anger in the same way so that we can use that energy for the good of humanity rather than abuse it and cause violence at death. Now, that simple lesson nobody talks about and nobody teaches. And if we can teach that to young people, they would grow up knowing that anger is not something to be ashamed of or uh, or reject, but something that is very uh, powerful, and uh, we need to learn how to use that powerful tool intelligently. That is so relevant and on point, and I would tie it into some sort of stillness practice, some sort of meditation, some sort of quiet time to be inner and reflect. Yeah, of course, there is, there is a lot of, yeah, we need to do along with it. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's something that we need to do. Brother, do you meditate on a regular basis? Yes, and my grandfather used to do that too. How much would he meditate? And I knew he one day a week he would take a complete day of silence. Yeah, Monday is silence. He observes silence every Monday. But every day he involved, he was indulging in active meditation. You know, when he was spinning, for instance, he would use that as meditation time. He didn't allocate a special hour for meditation. He did that along with something else. 
Has this pandemic experience changed you personally? Has it changed you on the inside in any way that you're aware of right now? Yeah, of course, it has uh, shifted uh, in many, many ways. Uh, I mean, living in isolation, not interacting with people, it's a very strange thing. I spent my whole day in the house alone and have no visitors and nobody to talk to. So I listen to music or read or relax and You know, it's changed the lifestyle very substantially. More and more every day, it feels like a gigantic global pause, like the human species has been given a timeout. And in that, if you've noticed, the pollution has really cleared up globally. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Pollution is clearing up and there are good aspects to it, too. Well, I'm feeling very grateful that you once again took some time for us here. And I'm certain there are some things here that people could use for a better day and a better week and a better life. I hope so. I hope so. And I wish that happens because we have to, you know, this is the time for the world to meditate and to take stock of where we are going and what we are doing. If we don't take stock of that and if we don't make that change, even in our personal lives, If we just live from day to day without, uh, you know, thinking about where we are going or what we are doing, we will just end up somewhere uh, unknown. But we have to take stock of all of these things and we have to chalk out our lives, you know, structure it. And that's what nations need to do too. And I think this is the time... Uh, we need to meditate and and think about our destinies. I so agree, and it is an inner game and in a bit of beautiful, beautiful synchronicity. Here I am looking up at a poster of your grandfather, and it has the phrase, we must be the change we wish to see in the world. It was true when he said it, and it certainly is true now. Right. Uh, He always said that if we don't change, nothing is going to change. We have to be the change. I know it has been forever, but do you think about him a lot? Do you miss him as just your grandfather, as a human being? Yeah, I miss him always. Uh, And every time when all this crisis comes up, I (laughs) wish he was here to give us some guidance. Amen. You, You feel that, and probably, I don't know, just a few other billion people are thinking that right now, looking at leadership. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Well, this show is dedicated to him and his lifetime of amazing work and the many prophets and leaders that have used his teachings like Martin Luther King to shine light in the world. And for all of you listening, too, maybe there's a young Gandhi King or Malala out there or Greta who can rise up. And I look forward to talking to you, hopefully, when this is passed and we are thriving again. Okay. We look forward to that. Thank you, my beautiful brother. Stay blessed, safe, and healthy. Thank you. You've been listening to the What Matters Most podcast, a 100% listener-supported program. If you feel inspired, please go to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash whatmattersmost and join our family. So until the next time, stay inspired and in the light.